welcome to She Bought That DVD, the podcast where every week we are watching one new DVD from our Mother's Giant collection. I am your co-host, Jaylene. And I'm Violet. And what DVD did we pick last week to watch this week? Dirty Dancing. Yes, the 1987 version of Dirty Dancing. Oh, not the remake or the Havana Nights. Not the Havana Nights, yeah, because there is... I don't want to say a say. Uh, sorry, I don't want to say it's a sequel because, in my opinion, it's very standalone-ish. It's just that the story is similar. It's not even a reboot. Like I don't. It's not like it's not a remake. It's not a reboot. It's basically just using the storyline and applying it to Havana and Havana Cuban political issues which we will one day discuss it's just not going to be discussed today but yeah today we watched not today specifically but today we are discussing dirty dancing uh 1987 with jennifer gray and patrick swayze and last week i thought this was one of your favorite dancing movies or you enjoyed this dancing movie because as kids you would always watch it in the playroom on the wooden TV is the best way I can explain that TV because it's an old TV. Yes, yeah. And it had a VHS, which then points out the fact that we had this on VHS as well. Like this is one of our mother's like favorite films that she had kind of like growing up. But I don't want to say growing up because mom was 30 years old when this film came out. And I was doing a little bit of not self-reflection, but kind of a deep dive as to why people enjoy this film. And I think it has to do with the fact that the way that the story is told is all in self-reflection. It's not told in present time. She's telling you about this one summer that she had. And so when you're watching it and you have that in the back of your head, you're like, Oh, like this would have been like the summer love that I dreamed of having. So when you're 30 years old and you're not having the summer fun like you used to, it kind of is a fun movie to watch. Obviously, there's other topics in this film besides the love story, but do you, what when uh, when was it released? Or like what time August of the year? August 21st. Okay, 19th. so it's, so it's a summer. Well, August 21st is late. And a summer film. It would have not not to say it didn't do well, but I think it would have been a much hotter film had it been released July twenty I mean, first. Let's think, say no, but think of the target demographic isn't school kids, so it being at the end of the summer, and I I think I it it makes sense. Let's say you're thirty and you have children and they're out of school. You're not going to the movie theater. They're back in school. Hey, you might go to the movie theater. I guess. I guess, but this film is rated PG, so 13-year-olds technically could go watch it. Okay. Parental guidance. I mean, like, keep in mind, we watched this as kids. I can't think of how old we were when we watched this, but a lot of what goes on in this film goes over your head when you don't understand these adult topics. Completely. And I think I asked mom to explain something, and she just said, oh, she's sick. And I think that's like <laughs> Which probably is totally valid. fine. Yeah. And like I picked up on like, oh, something's wrong. Dad's a doctor. Yeah, she must be sick. Totally like fine. But the the strangest part of this film is it was like watching a new movie. But I knew I, I but I could tell you 
everything that was going to happen. It was very strange because you had said that I had watched this, like this was one of my favorite films as a child. And like somewhere deep in my memory, like I have have it and I could tell you the entire plot of Dirty Dancing of what is going on, but it was like watching a new film. Mm-hmm. It was really strange because mm-hmm. I've only watched it as a kid. I never watched it as a, like I have not watched it since it was on. VHS. So I would say 20 years, give or take. Yes. Is like the best estimate. Yeah. So 20 years would take us to 2002. Yeah, we still would have had that TV in the yeah. end room. So that's pretty like bang on. I, on the other hand, had rewatched this about three or four years ago. But I actually want to say COVID is when I oh, okay. I decided to rewatch it because I then thought, Okay, I, I feel like I need to give this movie a chance. I didn't like it as a kid. What about it didn't I like about? I don't... Well, mom didn't know we were watching Dirty Dancing because she wasn't in the house when we came back in. I had to leave right away. I guess you didn't see her. So when she asked me what we were watching, I said Dirty Dancing. She was like, oh, oh, you, you don't like movies like that. I was like, wait, what? You didn't. You didn't like this movie, though. I didn't, which is fine. Do you think because it went over your head? I don't know, but mom, mom classified this as a musical. This isn't a musical. And I was, I that was exactly what I said to her. She's like, "Oh, but like the soundtrack's really good." I was like, "That is a whole different conversation to have. This is not a musical." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, okay." I don't know. Because Center Stage is my favorite dance movie. And I loved that as a kid. Yeah. But then you give, like, I don't know, because Center Stage also has a very interesting story, which again, one day we will talk about. I am so excited to watch that film. Uh, Yeah, I am too. I'm very looking forward to that day. But that also has a bigger meaning and a huge story behind like you have dancers who are not eating you have dancers who are overweight like there are so many politically charged relationships that are messy yeah yeah Yeah. like so many adult topics and mom took us to the theater when we were kids it came out in 2002 all of that went over our heads and so this it kind of I think my issue with this was there isn't a lot of dialogue. There is just a lot of sexy dancing. And I'm wondering if I did have that weird, it's not going over my head, I'm noticing things time period where I'm like, this is actually making me feel uncomfortable. Okay. And I think that's kind of where I put this. And similar to Footloose in the aspect that He's doing something wrong. I have the same issue with Footloose as you do as Ferris Bueller. But it's, he just wanted to dance. I know. (laughs) And I'm looking forward to revisiting that and actually seeing. But like also the, the driving scene at the beginning of the film stresses me out. And I think that was something I just was like, no, I can't watch this. Tractors. Yeah, they they play chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Little me was like absolutely not checking out. Did not have any interest in this film. Okay, Dirty Dancing. First time in a long time that you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Did you remember anything about the story except for the fact that like they go to a summer camp? No, it's not okay. even a summer camp. They go to 
a summer that's the only resort. Thing, that's the only thing that I was like, oh, okay, that's what this place is. Yeah. But I was like, okay, now they're going to, like, this woman's going to have a dancing class. Okay. The sister's going to be hooking up with this other guy. And then this oh, baby is going to be set in line up with this other dude. And then she's going to stumble upon the house or the housing of where they're all dancing. Like, I knew exactly what was going to happen next as I was watching it. But it all seemed so new. Okay. Like, I was watching it from an adult perspective. Okay. Not a child's perspective. Yeah. So, I, like, I could, yeah. yeah, again, I could tell you, like, s- almost scene by scene of what was going to happen, but the, um, like, understanding of what was driving the plot, I, I'm i an, an adult and I can understand or interpret what is happening. Yeah. I think this movie is really interesting when you learn more about it, and I have learned more about it through... Uh, I guess it would have been two years ago. Someone suggested that, like, not knowing that we had this many DVDs, not knowing, like, what kind of project we were embarking on, but it's this Netflix series commentary on... Oh, I didn't watch it. Yeah, but, like, movies that almost didn't get made. And the first one is Home Alone. And so I learned all about Home Alone. The second film... I I believe they do a Ghostbusters one, but I then got to the Dirty Dancing one. It's 55 minutes, 50 minutes, and I learned a lot, even though I forgot most of it. But then when I looked at the uh, IMD facts, I was like, okay, I'm remembering this. So I have lots to tell you. Can I just say that I am disappointed that we did not watch Home Alone as a child and Ghostbusters as a child? Have you? I've never, I've seen, I don't think I've sat down and seen the entirety of Home Alone. I've seen it in bits and pieces over time that I know everything that is happening or I know the the story, but I don't like it and I don't understand why everyone does. And I think it's because I just didn't grow up with it, that I wasn't a child watching this storyline. Now I'm an adult and I'm looking to go, this is dumb <laughs> and, and, and infuriating and frustrating. But also I've never seen Ghostbusters. I've seen Ghostbusters. No idea what's up with that. Yeah, I think I embarked on that in late teens, early 20s. It was like, okay, I got to know what's going on with it. So I have seen Ghostbusters. We'll talk about that when that comes up. Home Alone, I do remember watching that as a kid. And the nail in the stair was where I was like, I am checking out. I hate this movie. See, and you don't know. And like, I, I know I know exactly okay, what scene you're so talking about. Again, I've, the trauma. I've seen the like, I've seen the film. And enough to splice it all together in bits and pieces, like, of what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know exactly what scene you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, checked out. Can't. No, I'm already not looking forward to this movie. <laughs> it's going to happen at Christmas time. We not own this Christmas. it? Yeah, we do. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we don't own any of the other ones. So we're only left with uh, okay. Kevin, right? I think that's the character's name. I don't know. We don't know. We'll find out. We'll, we'll stay tuned when <laughs> we finally get to Home Alone. So the budget for this film was $6 million worldwide. It grossed $214 million. This film had some controversy for the studio as it was about to be released. Okay. After the filming wrapped and the rough cut was put together, the restaurant executives were convinced the film was going to be a flop. And they said, burn the negatives and collect the insurance. I understand because it's pushing the envelope 
on a lot of things. It's such a good movie. They were really concerned that the conservatives and the traditionalists were going to be like, what the hell? But Patrick Swayze talks about that the heart of the story is really important and is kind of what makes this movie really important is you've got someone who's on the right side of the tracks pulling someone out of this area that like it's not that he's doing bad but like he doesn't see success in himself and she is basically set up in this world realizing that everything's kind of handed to her but if she works really hard she can help other people out like if you look at the film for what that is it is a great film it has a great story to it yeah there's other stuff going on but it's hollywood we gotta gotta have some fun at some point my other fun fact is uh, this is the first film to sell a million copies on home video, and it was the top rented movie in 1988. Wow. Yeah. So everyone was watching it. I don't really believe the $214 million. I definitely believe it's like made more sense if you are thinking about VHS sales, because that's not also calculated into that. And the other thing that is absolutely insane about this film is the soundtrack. The Dirty Dancing album spent 18 weeks on Billboard 200, selling more than 32 million copies worldwide. The record company never saw this com coming, and they ran out of albums, and they were on back order for weeks in order to uh, get stuff. I remember, like, Mom... Not having the record per se, but having the album for sure. Oh, yeah. It's a great soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. The other interesting tidbit that I grabbed out was it's really heavily discussed in the Netflix commentary that Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey did not get along, but he had to convince her to even audition and be a part of this because she disliked him so much in filming red dawn together which was oh, a previous had, project oh, okay so they had worked together they had and he convinced her because he thought she would be good she for would it, be the person for uh, this role not necessarily that they would be good together there were moments on set that were so tense that filming would get cut for the day because they could not stand each other and it just apparently was like, is this movie going to even happen? Because like the main stars can't even be in the same room together. But their audition tape apparently was so compelling and so well done that partway through the project, they got both sat down. They were shown their audition tapes and were like, this is what you signed up for. You were able to put your differences aside during this. Let's like keep on moving. And they kind of settled down and they were like, OK, let's go. Interesting. Yeah. Well, like, okay. I mean, it's interesting because there's a lot of layers to this as to, like, you're more than welcome to dislike a person. But I think what I can't figure out to this extent is this project has a finite amount of days. The project only took 44 days to film. Wow. You're done. You no longer have to be with this person I after. I just want to know, I guess, why or the nature of the dislike. Well, that's what I, I that's don't. That's what I'm curious about. I will never know. I mean, maybe I can delve into some 80s tabloids to find out the the info. But yeah, and I think like from what I'm gathering is 
And like what I had seen was Patrick Swayze found her too young, too immature, wouldn't take things seriously. And she was just like, he's way too serious. So you have like these like polar opposites. And I understand like he's probably thinking, okay, like this is my job. I have to take it seriously. This is time and money. And I'm not discounting the fact that she's not thinking about that, but like she probably also wants to enjoy her time being there. Like there's there's a mix of things here. Okay. So it took them 44 days to film this project, but they were continuously delayed due to the resort not being available because it kept getting booked out. So they believe started at the end of August and went until November. It was filmed in Virginia. And currently that resort is still kicking, still live and well. It was in Virginia. That was my second notice. Where was this filmed? It's beautiful. Yeah. Pembroke, Virginia. and Sorry, Pembroke, because there's not a double O, uh, Virginia. And they host three Dirty Dancing themed weekends a year where they play the movie. They teach you how to dance. Nice. You probably can also go swimming. The rain's not guaranteed. I don't think they do log dancing, but like it's just a fun filled weekend that they theme on dirty dancing, which I think is really cool. When it came time to filming, though, they had crazy amounts of weather. And I am so sorry, my American friends, because I only have the temperatures in Celsius. So you'll have to grab out your uh, calculators. The conversion is... What I'm going to say times 1.8 plus 32 to get your Fahrenheit, as I now learned last week. Okay. You got your calculator out? No, I mean, oh. I, I can totally calculate. <laughs> no, I'm thinking um, there's one scene near the beginning when she's exploring and she's walking outside. And in the background, there was just this buzzing noise is the best way I can put it. And I paused the film took off my headphones and I thought it was my AC unit that was making this noise and turns out it was the film I was like oh and it it was like cicadas in the background Mm -hmm. of what it is and I just wanted to confirm if there were cicadas in Virginia and yes and I that's what my theory is what but oh my goodness they are so loud (laughs) (laughs) like I've heard them IRL I know they're loud but in the film like I'm sure the sound guy was like well we can't cut those out (laughs) (laughs) probably we're in nature we have to accept it no so when it came to filming they had excruciating hot heat okay 40 degrees celsius oh gosh probably just like humid and just like just it looks humid al- yeah just the heat alone when they added all of the lighting that they had to do 49 degrees there were people passing out because of how hot it was there was heat exhaustion there was obviously like there's only so much water that you can absolutely keep up with before like you're done done And then you had the polar opposite where it dropped down to six degrees when they were filming in the water and she had to pretend to not be scared of falling into the actual plummeting cold water as he's tossing her or like she falls. She's like she if you rewatch like I knew this and I was watching the scenes, I was like, wow, she is playing this really well. They did do close up shots for it. But as you know, they were only far away for it because their goosebumps were so big, you could see them on film. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I hate that. I hate cold. Cold water? Worse. Yeah. 
and she had a miserable time like they both had a miserable time and she's just like that's the one thing that when you're young and you're hungry for like money and you're trying to do everything you just say yes to it you look past it yeah so i was just like good on you because like obviously the scene is really great but holy smokes you guys probably did not get paid enough to do that at that time (laughs) so you you watched this on netflix correct i did okay we own two copies we do i didn't know this until i looked i was like oh okay we own two copies one of them was wrapped and it had a two for thirty dollars future shop sticker on it okay i don't have the copies with me I just realized that. I left them at my place. Okay. <laughs> one of them is like called like the ultimate edition and the other one's called the collector's edition. They both have different kinds of like, Oh, footage on them. Not okay. footage. Uh, features. Like, yeah. Bonus. Yeah. yeah. I didn't look at any of it because I felt as though I was not really going to get too much more. Although one of them does have a Jennifer Grey uh, audio commentary. So if feeling like watching it one time, I definitely could watch it i'm not going to at any time soon i put the widescreen edition in first because it was like okay well this is the one that i would like to watch it is a terrible cut copy it's so bad it flickers and i'm talking the whole screen is just shaking and i got six minutes into the film and it was like i think i have to swap to the other copy like i can't watch this i moved to the other copy and while it's not full screen, it's not widescreen because all of a sudden, like, it shrunk to full screen, but then was widescreen. So it was tiny on the TV. <laughs> but it was a better cut copy because there was no flickering. I was like, okay, worst case, I just go That's... into Netflix. But it was a bit disappointing because I'm thinking we have, we own two, two copies, copies of this. and they're both shit. shit. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how the VHS copy is. I mean, probably, probably fine. I've, I've worn it down for uh, watching it over time, I'm sure. <laughs> probably absolutely fine. Yeah. So I just was just throwing it out there. And when we come to time to decide whether or not we're keeping these films, film one of the copies, both of the copies, who knows what we're ultimately going to decide. But it was definitely a weird experience trying to figure out like why. I mean, like this isn't the first DVD that was a poorly cut rendition i can't think of it it's it was another old one uh, who knows who knows okay if you have never seen dirty dancing what are you doing with your life but if you haven't seen dirty dancing and want to know what we are talking about we will quickly tell you the story of the movie and what happens quick and dirty what is his name johnny <laughs> Uh, you have Baby and her family. They go on a mountain resort trip together. It's summer. They talk about three weeks is kind of roughly the timeline. Oh, my God. Emily's her mother. I know. <laughs> That's all I could think. She was not supposed to originally play that role. She was actually supposed to play someone else. The person who was supposed to play her mother ended up getting sick. So they had to reshoot that she- scene because they started with that scene. Oh, OK. And then they did a reshoot yeah. and put Emily. But and for Emily those, like, from Gilmore, Gilmore Girls. Girls. <laughs> but I, I couldn't stop thinking about her as Emily and the way that she spoke in this film I was like that's not Emily's voice (laughs) she is way too calm nice yeah calm 
less judgmental. She's all like, yeah, you go, girl. Yeah. Mother. Like, yeah. not, not Emily from Gilmore Girls whatsoever. It's It was definitely strange seeing her. I think I remember doing a double take, but it wasn't enough for me to remember that 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 she's in this film. Anyways, so Baby is 17 years old. The way that they kind of set up her character is that she is very smart, very intelligent. She's off and she's very driven. She's set to go to the Peace Corps. She's going to save the world. Her sister, on the other hand, boy crazy. Like, that's... <laughs> and what are you going to do in the world? <laughs> oh, she's going to decorate it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That joke was so funny. <laughs> and then the guy was like, well, she already is. Or like, like calling her pretty. But it was such a yeah they're like oh baby what are you doing in your life and list all these things and all the things that she wants to accomplish and then yeah go to the sister yeah and, yeah and baby's like oh, she's just gonna decorate it yeah so baby and her family they're in dance lessons and dance classes and it's like the most hilarious like shuffle thing and i'm like oh we're setting up the movie really really great she ends up sneaking into the staff quarters gets brought along she brings the watermelons that's like not important, but she just it, is carrying watermelons. The it's watermelon, is, no, the watermelon is important for last week when you were trying to describe this movie, and you said something about <laughs> carrying watermelons, and I was like, "Girl, that has nothing to do with the movie. It's the one scene." I just remember that's how she gets in. Um, she's able to get to the staff quarters. This is where she meets Johnny Castle, who's ripping it up on the dance floor with his. Uh, Rockette dance partner and he takes her onto the dance floor she is awkward as fuck she does not know what to do he's trying to loosen her up she's so stiff it's you know what you would expect it to be and then other things kind of happen because then baby starts to get involved in penny who is johnny castle's best friend and we find out that penny is pregnant she is not pregnant by johnny she's pregnant by the man that is going after her sister, Robbie. And there's discussions of an abortion because she doesn't want the child. She can't have the child. It would kind of like screw up the rest of her life. She decides to go to her dad and ask for the money. She doesn't tell him what the money is for. But in order for her to save Penny's butt, she has to learn a dance because the only appointment that they could get was the one that Penny was to dance with Johnny at a different resort. So a whole bunch of dance scenes, you see baby learning all the dances with Johnny. Then it's the big night. They do really well. She misses the lift. Not that that's really important, but she misses the lift. And when they come back, Penny, unfortunately, got screwed over with the abortion because at this point in time abortions were not legal and the way that it was described was it was like a fold-out table and a dirty knife and she's really ill baby does do the right thing and goes to her dad who is a doctor and her dad's obviously really upset that his money went towards this and has kind of put her in harm's way but he doesn't realize the reasoning behind all of this and like what's actually happening behind the scene. Then what happens? I can't remember. 
Uh, oh, then there, there's a talent show that basically the movie could have ended there and they could have just left. But that's not what happens because there's a talent show. And the mom's like, no, we got to stay for the talent show because dad wants to leave. He's had enough of like his daughter kind of changing. And Johnny ends up getting fired because baby was his alibi on the robbery that also was happening behind the scenes that I haven't described. But that's why he ends up leaving. And then at the end, he comes back and he's like, no one puts baby in corner and takes her onto stage. They do their little dance. It's then also revealed that Robbie is the one that knocked up Penny to like he he stupidly also says it to he her reveal, father. Yeah, he reveals himself like what an idiot. Anyways, so then they they dance. She makes the lift. And. uh it's not happily ever after because she's just talking and reflecting on the love that she had for that summer. And that was basically dirty dancing. There was a lot of dancing. Oh, yeah. You said through all the dancing. <laughs> I'm not going to describe the dancing. <laughs> I mean, I did mention two lifts. Also, the log scene. That was Jennifer Grey stunt double who did it he was doing patrick swayze did all of the uh bu -bu -bu stunts for that he fell so many times and hurt his knee that they had to keep draining fluid out of it ew yeah wow yeah and then like they still hadn't filmed where he jumps off the stage at the end oh gosh so that was also another behind the scenes moment that they show on the netflix and he does it like six or seven times and he just you don't see the pain. And then as soon as like it cuts, he's like, how is it? <laughs> yeah, his poor knee. And then he'd be like sitting down and everyone's like, are you OK? And he's like, how many more do we have to do? <laughs> it's like, that's not a short jump that he's no, doing. No, he jumps off the stage into the, the center. It's like three aisle. feet. Yeah, it's not. No. Yeah. And like with like a lot of of power like it's it's not just like a quick little hop <laughs> yeah no not at all um so would you do what baby does and learn all of those dances to save their jobs hell yeah <laughs> of course i would would yeah. you not i think like yes and no but like i'm not a great dancer nor was she at the beginning but okay, this is what I also am like so impressed with is like they basically had three days to learn all of that and she turns out like fine. But I think I, it would take me like at least three weeks to learn one of the dances and be like, yeah, I can do this. I think that's fair. But like very impressed with her doing. Doing it in all of like three days. I will. I will say like. There's a lot of nostalgia for this film in the fact that it does remind me of summer camp because it has summer camp vibes. It it like it feels like a summer camp. Like, would you go to that place if you could afford it? hundred yeah. percent. Yes, absolutely. Because you're it's like a cruise on land is essentially what it feels like. You're doing fun activities. You're just staying in the little area. But I like the fact that you're not in a different country is kind of what is unique about it and i think that's what i like camp is because like you're not going to some foreign location and plunking yourself down 
and never leaving the place. Whereas like this is a vacation where if it's so active and, and you're yeah. yeah, you're engaged in learning new things, skills that you wouldn't normally do. Yeah, it honestly looks like so much fun. Yeah, because like when people tell me that they go to Mexico and then they stay on a resort and then they do little activities. And I look at the activities, I'm like, oh, that's like a lot of cultural appropriation activities rather than actually going out and seeing the environment. That's where I like feel the frustration, whereas like they're in friggin' Virginia. Are they just going to go on the battlefield? Like, I don't, I don't know what Virginia has. <laughs> I, I do like how the guy at the end is like saying his business is dying. People don't want to come or like teenagers or Mm -hmm. younger generations don't want to come to the resort because they'd rather go to europe yeah which is interesting because by my math this movie is supposed to take place sometimes in the 60s yeah it is war is kind of over but i think we're heading into the cold war when is the cold war the 70s she she reflects because she mentions vietnam Mm -hmm. and it's i swear she says before the beatles Yes, she does. So in in that area. Area of time, yeah. (laughs) We obviously have talked about the fact that you were much younger when you first saw this. And this is like the first time that you're seeing this as an adult and through adult eyes. But like, what did you pick out watching it this time that went over your head the last time you watched it? Not abortion, obviously, that went way over our head, but, like, were there themes or uh, other things where you were just like, whoa, this is, like, actually a really good movie, more so than, like, when you were watching it as a kid for purely dance? So, it was um, Robbie, Mm -hmm. the book that he tries to give to Baby. Yes. I obviously, as a child, would no, I no idea what that book is. It's uh, The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. And she immediately is like, like, fuck off, I'm not taking that book. And I, I laughed, like I got it, why she wouldn't take it. But as a kid, I would have been like, I don't understand what this book is about. Or like, why she was offended by him offering it to her. Yeah, that joke goes over my head because I'm not a literature nut. I do know... It basically says fuck you to feminist is like what I'm gathering from IMDb. Yeah, yeah. Ayn Rand is a was a interesting woman. Oh, it was a woman. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was well, I guess yeah, you could who had some things to say and she's wrote some books that are are famous. Uh, are famous, but um yeah, I like I would only read her work out of curiosity, not necessarily because I agree what she has to say. I've never read The Fountainhead and I haven't read um, Atlas Shrugged either, but I've just heard ne- not negative, just not the best things about it. Or yeah, like what you have said. And it's like anti-feminist. Yes. Yeah. Which so, and really like, it's aligns like, with Robbie's morals. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's like um, it's more like a philosophy mm-hmm. sort of take on on it so like that's how he is um like he's using that to guide him in his decisions so Mm -hmm. yes it does reflect on um what robbie how he treats women Mm -hmm. essentially uh so yeah that as a child (laughs) i have no idea but i laughed or i understood now um what else 
Oh, uh, I guess more like understanding of like the different class structure. Yeah, status that was like still prevalent. Yes, but the way that he spoke of of money, and I was like, oh, like uh, I I I get it, (laughs) or I understand where he is coming from when he um is trying to explain to baby like I don't have a silver spoon, Mm -hmm. and even um Penny. Even the way that she speaks, like, she's like, I got, like, girl, I got kicked out of my house when I was 16. Yeah. Like, as a child, I'm like, okay, that sucks. But I don't understand what it would be like to be 16 and be kicked out. Like, that's a really, I would have to sit a long time as a child to try and comprehend what that is actually like. Yeah. As an adult, I'd be like, oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Or I am like, oh, my goodness, that is. I couldn't imagine the the stress of having to figure life out at 16 Mm -hmm. and like yeah like just how to live how to survive yeah and but then it also kind of as an as the adult you're then also understanding her decision towards towards aborting the baby oh i know like everything the like she she's good at dancing she's decided to use that to get money obviously having a child is not what she needs f- what or what is best for her. And mm-hmm. I also don't think it would be what is best for that child either. And mm-hmm. I um, can respect the decisions that she has made within this character within the film. But as a child... <laughs> who she just got sick. <laughs> yeah. Like, if it was explained to me any other way, I think I would have had a difficult time understanding because I probably when I was watching this film didn't even understand how children or babies were made Mm -hmm. so it would have it would have been a whole other um learning experience or education that would have had to have happened to um understand or comprehend what was going on with Penny Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no (laughs) I really appreciated this watch through how deep the characters all were and how well developed they all were i think like penny not penny no penny's character is also really great but i think baby her character and her character development is so strong but also very true to her age and how she acts exactly like for her being so authentic yes and for her being as intelligent as everyone speaks of her she is lacking life experience to be able to make um decisions around the scenarios or the situations that she's coming across yeah like she's just acting like how a 17 year old yeah would act because the thing is like when she gets the 250 dollars they kind of judge her not for the fact that like mommy and daddy put out they judge her for the fact that like it's like you don't understand the ramifications of like this kind act and now there's all these other hoops that you have to jump through in order to make this work yeah and she's obviously a caring enough person who has lots of empathy is like okay well i'll do anything to like make sure that you're okay Mm -hmm. but i think yeah like that speaks to her peace coordinates but i think it also really opens up her eyes to like 
I'm going to be entering a world where I am so naive because, as you said, everything has been spoon fed to her. Because like, she's, she's been, it's very, very molded. Her life has been very um, carefully shaped. Well, and sheltered. Yes. Yes. Who is your favorite character and why? Grandma who steals. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Speaking of grandma who steals, and then I'll figure out my favorite character. I remembered that like grandma was up to like no good. And when the wallets, quote unquote, the wallets fell or whatever. Uh, when they're, she's walking. Yeah. And the... she like trips her, like whatever happens. I was actually expecting to see more. And like a weird like close up, but it was so casually placed that like just things it seemed as though like I didn't see a wallet fall out. It's oh, okay. like so then when baby says she had a whole bunch of wallets, it was like, where? Like, <laughs> did I she? didn't see this. Like, did she? Because I don't remember seeing this. And it's not that I have like crazy attention to detail. It's just the fact that I knew grandma was doing it. So I was expecting it to happen, but it did not happen. I just let it be. I didn't think anything of it to be honest <laughs> well no because you're watching this for like a little bit more fresh because like were you shocked when grandma was the thief no i knew the, 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 <laughs> yeah. the, 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 like again like I, I could explain this entire movie prior to watching this yeah who is my favorite character i have to say it's baby okay i have to say because she it's not that she was necessarily in a shell she was in a different shell and she got pulled out of it and put into a different shell that blossomed into something really beautiful and i think that has just like what i really mean by that is when she is practicing her dancing on the bridge and she's really starting to feel herself and she's starting to have fun and really let go that's where you're like wow this person has so much confidence and is slightly like is anyone watching me kind of embarrassed but then she does like this little move at the end and holds it and then she's like quickly looks and then she like holds it again and she walks away and she's all like happy i envy that and I wish I had that is kind of like where I see it because I don't like that's totally fine. I don't like Johnny's character as much because he's a bit too rough around the edges. But I like I understand where it's coming from. He's clearly been burned a lot. So he yeah. has to be like a little bit protective of himself. He has the confidence but he also lacks a lot of confidence because his entire life and his entire career is based upon are rich people going to make sure I'm taken care of, which that's a hard line to be self-aware of, but also know that this is all a, a business decision. Yes. Yeah. What about you? His cousin. Oh, okay. I absolutely loved him. He was so uh, welcoming. Like he is very kind, kind, but also what uh, pulled or brought baby into this scenario and situation. Yes. And it was just kind of like, roll with it. Like you're doing great. You're doing fun. Like, or ha you're doing fine. You're having fun. 
Um, and I appreciate that there was a character like that who was very minor because he didn't like he was there for uh, key scenes. Mm-hmm. But, but it was I wouldn't say like minor in the sense that he's there for key scenes, but a major player. Ex- yes. Yes. And I I could I struggle to see how this story would develop or progress without him existing. I totally agree. Because he's the one who basically lights up the entire story for her to be there. And the watermelons. <laughs> because, like, she would have been turned away. Yeah, but also he encourages her, like, to, to dance, to, mm-hmm. to actually do the dancing part. And he's there when Penny's going through. Like, he is, he's such a... A kind but like a, a very supportive person and it was just so nice and refreshing because like on the flip side for him being as wonderful as he was there were some scummy characters as well robbie we're looking at you but and and the man that they try and set baby up with at the beginning Oh, the resort father, the son, I was going to call him daughter, but the <laughs> the son of the resort yeah. owner yeah. who will definitely have a lot of, he'll have daddy issues for sure, but he will also have, mm, not poor me, but look at me. Pick, yeah. pick, pick me boy syndrome. Is that a thing? Yeah. I, yes. Like, he, but he was like, Oddly, it's like aware of his his role within the like socioeconomic. Yeah, like yes, but he was unwilling to do anything. Like he was comfortable with yes. upkeeping yes. that role within his society. Status yeah. And, yeah, yeah. He was not willing to let anything change, and yeah, he's definitely looking for a girl that is either on his level or slightly below. His, oh, he's one of those guys who actually will delete. Uh, sorry, date someone slightly below him, so he will always have the power over her and just be like, "But I made you into this person." That is the type of character he is calling it even though this is a fake story (laughs) so because you watch this movie so many times and you like dance movies what is your favorite dance movie i don't think i have one really like center stage is great interesting i thought you would have had one no i think i just like dance okay yeah like uh i i can't remember we rated hairspray but i remember as a child and liking Hairspray when we saw it for the dancing aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that has good dance scenes in it, I'm there for it. Okay, okay. I actually don't think I have. A favorite one yet is what you're saying. Yeah, that I would I'd pick. In 20 years, we may know the answer. Oh, you know I love Footloose, though. But okay. I wouldn't know. Like, the dance scenes are in that are kind of, they're just all right. I, I do love a good movie I, that I just, it like, has. Bring it on, because uh, that is technically a dance oh, of some sort. Bring it on's great. I like them all. <laughs> <laughs> I like them all. Okay, okay, fair enough. I just was curious to see, like, if you were able to put something in a box and claim it as your favorite. But it's totally fine if you can't. No, not that I can. Not that I can think of at all. That's hmm. a that's an excellent question. We when we're done watching all these movies, well, I will try and answer. <laughs> when we watch a few more dance movies, we can rank them like we did with our war movies. 
Because we've seen more war movies than dance movies at this point. (laughs) That's true. We probably own more war than dance movies. Okay, let's jump into our ratings. What is your story rating? My story rating is four to five. Okay, so my story rating is three out of five. I think the story is great. The characters are great, but I think there are other elements to this film that even like make it better. So like, it's not that I, I, my score isn't low by any means. Let's just a little bit of foreshadowing. What is your music? I give it a four to five. Only uh, sound, not just music. Mm -hmm. The music is great. The cicadas piss me off. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I didn't get that experience because I didn't watch with headphones. And I also had DVD copies. So who knows if the sound engineering on that is any different than Netflix. (laughs) True. Mine is also four out of five. I think there was a song where I was like, oh, I don't like the song, but I don't like the rest of the soundtrack is really, really great. So I have no complaints. Your visuals. I give it a four out of five. I also it's gave it a four out of five. Gorgeous. Costuming is so fun and summery. The dance choreography is also too, yeah. wonderful. The framing that they've had to do with that, the water shots that they did, the log shot that they did, the cabins that they all stayed. Like, it's just, it's all beautiful. Also, their costuming was really stunning because we've got 60s, but it doesn't feel like Hollywood is like we're in the 60s generation sort of costuming is what I would say no which is such a strange comment because I understand that costuming is so important when you're setting up a time period case in point hairspray because hairspray I believe is also 60s but it feels super super 60s whereas this felt like we're a little bit of 60s. You can tell that we're about to move on to the 70s. But hair is a bit more 80s is what I will say. Because she had curly hair. Yeah, That's... it felt much more 80s than it did feel late 60s or 70s. Yeah. 70s. yeah. That's okay. Your overall? Eight. Eight. Nice. Minus 7.3 out of 10. IMDb had it at 7.0. Oh, okay. So people like it. I mean, there's tons of ratings on it. The top one is a 10 out of 10. And there's a whole bunch of other ones that are 10 out of 10. And they're relatively recent. And there's some old reviews. I think it's just lower ones are complete haters. You're allowed your opinion, but they're wrong. I'm kidding. Still wrong. (laughs) Okay. Are we keeping... One of the two DVDs. No, because they, they both suck. <laughs> I know. I wish we had a good copy because then I would say yes. So, yes, I want to keep this movie. But I think we need to find a different copy yeah. is kind of what the mission for this is. So in my spreadsheet, I will put a yes for DVD keeping sake. But I don't want to keep either of these copies. They're just not worth holding on to for the shit quality that they are yeah Yeah. especially if you're just gonna be like okay well i could just put it on netflix instead i get that streaming platforms are always going to be around but having a hard copy for this film would actually be nice because who knows who knows what the future is going to behold when uh streaming platforms are now eradicated and something else i don't know well will dvds make a comeback is what i want to know because records have yes i i think it's not that but I don't think the demand will be there, but I think there might be a little bit of a resurgence of people just being like, you know what? I do want to own something 
What I like is that on my um my Apple, I don't know what they're called. Okay. Oh, Apple's movie. Oh, just Apple TV. TV. I don't know. But it's not Apple, Apple TV. TV. I know what you're yeah. Anyways, I've purchased like Fringe because mm-hmm. Fringe isn't on any streaming platforms and I couldn't get the DVDs to work. Yeah. So I own the DVDs, can't get them to work. So I, but the, now I own a digital copy. So I do appreciate owning a digital copy of something because then I can play it as so long as I have access to it or I've downloaded it to yeah. be able to play it. Yeah, I think like the physicality of it is quite something that can't be matched to digital. But I think what can't, how to phrase this, I think like what it is, is there are so many copies of DVDs currently out there that it's inflated. So therefore, the price of stuff obviously has come down as people are getting rid of stuff because they no longer keep it. So finding a Dirty Dancing copy won't be too difficult and it won't come at a huge price. But if you wanted to own it on Apple, you're probably paying like $12.99. Yeah. So food for thought. Not that it was posing a question, but my question to listeners is will dvds make a comeback like records have just just really curious the little library that is down our parent street someone put three dvds in it so clearly there's a oh. need and a want that i don't know if uh, this person just had them and they were like i don't want them anymore and just put them in the but like there is an exchange of wanting something like movies and just experiencing something different okay i'm rambling Let's pick next week's DVD. We are moving on. Are you ready? I am. Okay, I don't know this one. You probably don't know this one. Let me double check the date. Okay, so it's recent-ish, and I say recent-ish as in 2016, so it's not that recent. We're closer to 10 years than we are to, like, two years on this movie. Um... I can't like I, there, there's nothing for me to really describe this on. I it's called Hidden Figures. Exactly. Uh it's on Disney Plus. Uh three brilliant African American women at NASA serve as the brains behind one of the greatest operations in oh, history. I wanted to watch this or see it. Okay, well you now have to have to watch it actually. Cool. <laughs> I think this is one of the movies that has been sitting on mom's sh- like so mom didn't organize stuff for a long time it was just this giant stack next to the tv so when we went and organized yeah. all the dvs this got put away i'm pretty sure that's what was in this stack so not that i'm saying it's a recent edition it's we haven't had any recent editions in a while but i'm just saying mom probably bought this in 2020 is my guess so we're we're watching Hidden Figures and it's on Disney+. Plus. We're going to end the episode there. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this week's episode. If you would like to follow us along, hit the follow or the subscribe button. If you would like to follow us on any of our socials, those are linked in the show notes below. Until then, have a really great week. Take care, everyone. Bye. <laughs>